Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Unadulterated Podcast with me, your host, Banke. How are you doing? Hope you're doing well. And if not, I hope that this episode will at least be a really good distraction from what's not making you okay. Now, before I get into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you to please rate and subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you listen to um, on apple Mu- on apple Podcasts, you can rate and leave a comment of the podcast of course you would give it a five star because duh this is the best podcast on earth um and please do leave a comment and uh, rate like i said it helps other people find the podcast and it also helps me to know what you think which i really do want to know what you think about the pod um so yes do uh do rate and follow and subscribe subscribe on, on spotify on apple podcast on google podcast so you don't miss an episode uh when i next drop uh you don't want to miss an episode so make sure you do that also uh i'm on social media so do follow it's at on adult pod on twitter and instagram and we can interact you know whilst the episodes are in between episodes so i'd love to know what you think So on to today's topic, um, recently or a little while ago, somebody got the wrong impression of me. Um, they got the wrong end of the stick of who I am as a person. And at the time when it was happening, I was like, you know, you have the wrong idea. Like, it's not me. Uh, you know, at the time they couldn't see it. And then then it started making me question, well, am I really like that? <laughs> and, you know, many months later it took people who really knew me who knew me a lot better than that other person to like affirm the things that I originally thought uh you know unknowingly like they didn't set out to do it but just by the things they were saying they were affirming my original thought in that you know I was not how that other person saw me so I was like okay yeah like I I was right (laughs) you know like I was in the right the other person got it wrong that's their bad And it really just got me thinking that why is it that we appear differently to different people? Why do we come across differently to different people? Why am I a certain way with one person and another way with another person? You know, for example, with somebody, you could be the most organized person in the world, right? And then to another person, you're the most scatterbrained they've ever met, you know, or to one person, you could be an introvert, you know, and just keep to myself, all of that. But to another person or to another group of people, you could be the world's greatest extrovert. <laughs> and it just got me to thinking, like, why is that? And I think the the real, the, the idea that I'm getting at isn't that the switch in I suppose maybe you call it personality or character. It's not deliberate, you know, it's not acting and it's not being fake. That's why I want to dis- distinguish here because, of course, you can be pretending towards somebody, right? But I'm talking about the unconscious change in our behavior towards other people. Uh, it's, for example, it's, you know, the difference between you at home versus you at work. Um, last year as the pandemic was unfolding and as lockdown was um, kind of put in place I was reading so many funny tweets of people who 
discovered new things all of a sudden about their their spouses and people that they lived with. Um, I remember hearing a story about this one woman who, um, you know, witnessed her husband at work for the first time and saw that he was this like outgoing, loud, gregarious person who interacted interacted you know really well with his colleagues. But to her relatives, he was really quiet and an introvert. Turns out he liked his colleagues. He didn't like her family. <laughs> and so he appeared differently to them. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know the man. I don't know if he was pretending, but certainly I suppose how he felt about them really influenced uh, who who he was towards them. Uh, endless stories of people who so many people were saying that, like, wow, my spouse is you know, the the most quiet person, but at work and when they're with people, they're turned to a different person or, you know, somebody saying that I didn't realise my spouse was that let's circle back person in the meeting, <laughs> you know, like different, you know, and, you know, typically, or they could say that their, their spouse usually is um, a little bit more like contentious at work, but at, at home, they're the most calm person that they've ever seen and so I just think that is so interesting how as people we can switch and adapt our behavior um to how to the environment that we're in and you know oftentimes that's really subconscious like we it's not a conscious decision we've made it's just we have instinctively adapted to it um a, a good example of this um, to a degree, I think maybe part of this is, is subconscious. A good example of this is code switching as a black person. Me as a black person at work, I am different. I'm going to be honest, right? Like I'm not, I don't talk to my colleagues and my manager, for example, in the same way that I will talk to my homies. I don't, uh, like, you know, uh, one reason for that is that colleagues are not my homies or and that's even another thing so for example if I was at work I wouldn't necessarily use the word homies I would say friend or mate you know like but you know in my real life that's the homies so it's like yeah of course I recognize that my colleagues aren't necessarily my friends those are people that I work with it's very different relationship to people who know me personally in my real life my real life being my personal life (laughs) outside of work um and so it's just really interesting actually because you know depending on what job I've had in the past uh at, at different employments that I've had um I I'm sure came across as the most quiet person that they've ever met I just was like just here to do the job don't dissent when it's time to go home pick my bag go home you know I don't I don't want to engage in the office gossip um that's still me to be fair whereas in my in my current job um a few times I catch myself kind of relating to my uh, you know my colleague who I work with on a daily basis who's my manager I find myself relating to him the same way I would relate to a friend to a homie like I said and it's just it's wild to me <laughs> and actually the other day we were talking um and I think I was saying I can't remember what we were talking about but I was saying to him that uh, somebody once thought that I was like quite introvert and he was like what you no way like you are not an introvert and that that was really interesting to me because I thought wow I think this is the first time that somebody at work has realized that I'm not 
quiet <laughs> as I normally would come across. I think a reason for that part of that is because, of course, we're all working from home and so we don't meet physically. We have several Zoom meetings per day, but we don't meet physically. And I think that I, I guess maybe a component of that allows me to be more myself at work. Sometimes I forget where I'm at <laughs> because I'm in my living room and I slip into like me in real life. Um, and so I found that very interesting. I found that very interesting that he recognized uh, that I'm not a I'm not an introvert. Um, I think th- maybe through periods in my life I have been, and probably that coincided with where with the jobs that I've had, where I'd kind of been a bit more of an introvert. But I would not describe myself as an introvert. Um, I think that up until recently I would have described myself as an ambivert. Uh, but the, I feel like the real me is like back on top again in terms of just my extroverted self. I've never been an introvert. Like growing up, I was that kid who said what was on her mind and like my parents would attest to that. Sometimes annoying to them, but certainly like I was not a shy kid at all. I, I'm a straight shooter, pow, pow. I call it as I see it. I was like that when I was young. Um, I, and I feel like now as an adult, I'm getting back to how I was before. And so right now I'm I'm definitely that person. So I'm just like, wow, why is it that to some people I am like an introvert? I only say hi and thank you and bye. But to other people, I don't. I'm just, you know, wild. <laughs> just wild. I'm not wild really, but you know what I mean. Um, and like social psychologists have studied this for ages and, you know, back to my point on code switching, although that's a little bit different to the direction I'm going, um, on this episode, but I really just wanted to make the point about how we change at work. And so code switching, if you're unfamiliar with the term is a behavioral adjustment, which involves changing the way you speak, behave, or your appearance and expressions in a way that will optimize the comfort of others in exchange for a fair treatment of you. Now I've borrowed that kind of definition from the Harvard Business Review. And that's quite a sad definition, isn't it? I'll break it down again. Essentially, it's saying that code switching is when you change your behavior or your expressions or your mannerisms so that the other person will treat you fairly. That is quite sad because here this denotes um, prejudice. Uh, This this denotes kind of an unequal stance. And, um, you know, you can read online several articles and several schools of thoughts about... um, I'm going to speak about black people because I am black and that's the experience that I know. I can I can speak on that firsthand. The firsthand experience of black people feeling like they need to code switch at work because, you know, they're the, they, they are the minority or we are the minority and like we don't necessarily fit in with, I suppose, what the majority is. And so, but here I think what is actually really... I'm going to use the word insidious (laughs) about code switching and it's not from the person who is code switching but it's the whole concept of it is the fact that I'm I'm doing that so that you will treat me fairly or I'm doing that so that you won't discriminate against me um that's really bad it's an example of ways in which we adjust ourselves and you know instinctively you know subconsciously change our behavior so that other people will view view us in a positive light now code switching isn't the only example of this there are examples of how you may be I don't know say at a dinner party for example and you will switch your views to 
what the consensus of the conversation is just because you want to be liked or, you know, you want to be respected. The, the social psychologists have several explanations as to why we change our behaviour in a social setting. <laughs> and so um, it, it's the reason why you at home could be very different to you at work. And there are actually many studies into this. Um, there are a lot of um, so, social psychologists who say that um, actually sometimes being yourself at work, bringing your full self to work isn't really realistic. Um, You know, there's actually a name for this. Um, It's called the free trait behavior. It's basically, for example, if you're a naturally introverted person, you will trying to basically change your behavior to appear more extroverted at work because studies have shown that people who are extroverts they're the ones that get leadership positions more they're the ones that get promoted they are the ones that people like more and respect more and so introverts tend to find themselves um kind of adapting and changing that to you know to become uh, more extroverts at work and so, you know, there there are studies to kind of say that, like, actually, sometimes, though, bringing your full self to work is unrealistic and you can't really fulfill that because it's just a different environment to a, a social one or, or um, certainly a personal one at home. And I, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know about you guys and you can tell me what you think um, on social media uh, using the hashtag on adulthood and let me know what you think. But I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if is it possible to bring 100% of yourself to work uh, the work thing specifically is that something that um, minorities um, grapple with more because maybe the culture that you're raised in is different to kind of what the general consensus is at work I don't know those are all very interesting um, ones to explore but like I said um, today's conversation isn't necessarily just about work um, it's just in general. I actually am more interested about it in a social setting and a social context because why is it that to a group of friends, for example, I might appear one way? Now, a lot of people have different social circles uh, and different friendship groups. And um, I don't know about you, but, you know, do your do your friendship groups ever meet together? Do they ever mix? Um, for example, if you have a birthday coming up and then you have to invite everybody that you know, does that cause your anxiety <laughs> because your different friendship groups will have to meet each other and will have to kind of interact? Uh, does that cause your anxiety because you're different in your different groups, right? Are you one way with a, with a group of your friends and are you another way with your group of your friends? These are all really interesting questions. Um, and, you know, I one thing I love about social psychology is it just it tries to explain the reason for why we do the things that we do um and there have like I mentioned there have been many um kind of interesting uh schools of thoughts about this part of it is like I said we just um actually instinctively adapt to the environment we find ourselves in we tend to mirror what other people are doing right and it's part of our social cues so say for example if everybody agrees about a certain topic and you disagree about it uh because you want to mirror what the you know what everybody else is doing you will find yourself agreeing with them more um there's actually schools of thoughts that say the reverse is true also that you might want to stand on your own and be anti-conformist um which is um as it suggests if everybody else is agreeing to something you decide not to 
um, just based on that on that basis. Um, so there are several several schools of thoughts for why we do the things we do, and I mean, uh, uh, do I agree with this? I think to a degree, yes. Um, but one of the things that I'm learning um, is just to make sure that I I don't acquiesce sometimes just to appease other people like if I really don't think it's if I really don't agree then I just say we'll just agree to disagree um (laughs) I don't I try not to just because I think that like I really want to you know stick to my guns and make sure that I'm appearing the same way exactly how I mean to Vinesh Sukumaran, who is uh, who's an author, he wrote a book called From Behaviour to Wellbeing. He's also a positive psychologist. Um, he has a really interesting thoughts um, on, on this topic. Um, and one of the things that he thinks is that uh, a big reason why we have different, we behave differently in different situations is because behaviour breeds behaviour. This is according to uh, Vinish. So he says that this means a couple of things. Uh, firstly, if you do something once, it's easy to do it again. Um, you know, if you do something with a person once, it's easy to do with them again. And so if you are essentially kind of appear one way to somebody, even it's not if it's not necessarily how you mean to come across because you have been that to that person you just continue along because you're like ah well they've already seen me in this light <laughs> and so let me carry along with it um another reason why you know he according to him why we behave differently in different situations is because of the conditioned responses that we might have to that we might have to the behavior of people around us um and he thinks that this conditioned behavior is response is a phenomenon phenomenon that starts from when we are kids so for example um you know we a child will tailor the response to the situation around them uh and actually this follows us into adulthood um so an example of this would be as a kid as a child um if you're running around and you bang your head on the wall and if your parent is there and if they don't say anything if they just carry on like normal you will think ah you know I've just banged my head on the wall but nobody is reacting so this must not be a bad thing and then you will carry along uh of course that doesn't always happen if it's a split in pain the child will cry but this theory suggests that the child will just carry along and not cry However, if the parent makes a big deal out of it and they're like, oh, you know, my poor baby and yada, 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 then the kid learns, oh, this is a bad thing that's happening. So let me cry. So in that in that case, the child has mirrored their response to um, the other person's uh, response to to the incident in the situation. Um, Another reason that I think we subconsciously just change our behavior is I actually think that sometimes we try to predict what the other person will say or think or react towards us. And then we then our response is then as a result of what we think the other person will will, will say or do. And so for me, I think maybe this is based on personal experience. But for me, this is a really big reason why you might appear one way to somebody and then 
you might appear one way to somebody and then another way to another person why we appear differently because I am trying to predict what you will how you will respond to me but because I don't know how you respond to me I'm only guessing so then I tailor my behavior to that guess and when we do that we end up it's much easier to then present yourself in a way that is perhaps not an an accurate representation of who you are Um, or just different because it's based on what you think the other person is right and so if you're talking to different people if you're in different circumstances or social settings therefore you tailor your behavior as such (laughs) based on the other person and that is wild to me that's so crazy Um, and I actually think that this is a really big pitfall because um, I'm only guessing I, I could be totally wrong about your reaction or your response but because it's a guess oftentimes I'm reacting to that and that can be really false depending on how you would react and so I I just think it's just yeah it's mind-blowing the all, all the ways in which we are able to subconsciously amend our behavior in a situation um and so you know if I'm talking to you and if I guess that you know, you want me to come across as X, Y, Z. I don't know if you, if I'm guessing that you think that I'm organized, uh, even though I might not be, but, but from talking to you, if I'm guessing that you think that I'm organized, um, I will then amend my behavior again, subconsciously. Um, oftentimes I think that these are schemas that help us, uh, like navigate through social settings, but oftentimes I will then, for example, amend what I would say or my behavior, um, to make sure that you it comes across in a way that will appease to you because you think that I'm organized when that may not be the case at all <laughs> so it's wild um and I think that like there's also another explanation or school of thought as to why people behave differently in social different social settings um so the psychologist bib latan um developed a theory in the 80s um and you know essentially it asserts that there are many reasons and many influences for why um we might be different for why uh we behave differently in different circumstances and this is called the social impact theory and it asserts a few things. Uh, it asserts that that the amount of influence a person experiences in a group setting depends on a the strength of the group, um, so power or status of the group. So, say for example, if you're talking to your boss at work, right, and then b the immediacy of the group. Um, so, if that's a physical distance or um, over over Zoom or Skype, like I mentioned earlier with my with my boss, um, and also the final the final factor here is in the number of people in the group exerting the social influence. Um, so say if you were in a room a boardroom full of ten members, for example, that would be different than if it was like a one to one meeting. Um, and I think this is really fascinating because. I actually, I I find it to be true. Oftentimes, I think this is really true. I've seen this particularly in a in a workplace setting, in a professional setting, right? So it says that I'm more likely to change social theory, social impact theory, says that I'm more likely to change my behavior 
uh, based on the influence of the amount of influence I think a person will have. Um, so the, the strength of the person or the status of the person talking to, in the group or that I'm interacting with, um, the physical distance or psychological distance and also the number of people in the group. Uh, a good example of this is somebody's given a presentation at work and it's all going fantastically well. It's all going so well. And then your boss works, <laughs> your boss walks in and all of a sudden you're a mess and you're a sweating, wrecking mess and you start stumbling over your words. You start getting nervous. You start fumbling, <laughs> right? There's an example of social impact theory. You didn't mean to be doing all of these things, but the appearance of this person automatically makes you nervous, which changes your behavior and the reason for that is that a your boss is somebody that probably has status of power or let's even say that the head of the company ceo they obviously have significant status and power and they're also physically present in the room and um in this case it it's just one person but one person with a lot of power is you know does make a, a huge difference to you and so to sum up everything so far um, I've discussed uh, the reality that we do come across differently to different people. Um, many times that's subconsciously. Oftentimes we don't mean to, um, but we do that for a number of reasons, uh, including to be liked by other people, to be respected, um, to get ahead at work. Uh, in, in the case of code switching, to be treated fairly, um, and, uh, you know, there, there are also other social um, psychological explanations for that, which include um, this is behaviour that we've learned as children um, from childhood to mirror the situation. I think uh, also guessing how the other person will respond. And then the finally, which is a social impact theory, which says that if you, you're more likely to change your behaviour, depending on... Um, if the group that you're interacting with has um, influence and um, power and if it's like a physical, physically close proximity relationship um, and also the number of people in the group. Um, this would explain, for example, peer pressure um, and all of that. And so, yeah, there, there are several reasons why we change it and there, there are also, I suppose examples in social psychology why we do it uh, but I think that the end result or the end questions we need to ch is that we need to check ourselves in situations we find ourselves in and we need to question why certain people bring out things in us that especially if it's things we don't like, you know? Why, if I'm speaking to somebody and I'm consistently breaking character, I need to check that and I need to figure out why why that is the case. For example, if you're speaking to somebody or it, during your course of interacting with another person, if you find yourself always lying, <laughs> you know, to be able to speak or communicate with them, that's an issue. That's a red flag for you and you need to check that. Um questions or things to consider are is it them you know is it the other person that's making me if you find yourself breaking character when you speak to somebody or appearing differently or incorrectly find out is it them 
are they the one causing this or is it you you know is is a problem inherent in you are you trying to is there a facade that you're putting on are you trying to portray something that you are not um or is it both you know is it how they interact how they how you bounce off each other for example you could be the most calm person in the world but then when you're speaking to somebody but i i honestly find this particularly with loved ones close friends and loved ones especially family it's like you could be the most calm person in the world but when you're speaking to you, your family, they know exactly which buttons to push or they just know exactly what to say or they just, I don't know, something about the your interaction with them just makes you into a different person. <laughs> I know that I have unfortunately caught myself in this. Um, I've caught myself just being different in a situation, for example, being really short with patience when I'm speaking to certain certain family members Um in the moment, I don't mean to be doing it. It's only after the facts. I'm like, wow, I was really impatient in that conversation. And I'm typically not like that. And I just always say to myself, what about that conversation? Or what about that person made me so impatient that I wanted to lose it? Um, and so I think that we, you know, you really need to be honest with yourself about, you know, is it them? Is it you? What What is it about them? What is it about interacting with them that brings you out of character? Um, and the reason why I think this is that I found certainly over the last year or so I found the importance of coming across exactly how you mean to um this can cause this this can actually cost certain relationships um I think that if somebody doesn't take the time out to get to know you enough unfortunately they could get the wrong idea or get the 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 end of the wrong stick about who you are and then just kind of take that and go um and so it's really important to have uh audits several times after interacting with a group of people um if it's if it's a positive change for example then i think that that's that's a good thing it just means then that we try to adopt those positive changes into our lives <laughs> you know so for example in my earlier in my earlier illustration where I, I'm wanting to come across as more organized <laughs> towards somebody, you know, then be like, okay, how can I actually incorporate this into my daily life for this to be true and for this to be legit, you know, so that I'm not then a phony um, when I'm I'm talking to somebody. Uh, I think that particularly in dating relationships, so if you're dating somebody, say for example, if you're on a, out on the first date oftentimes people put their best foot forward um I don't particularly agree with this by the way I just think that you should because I think that is a scam I think that you should come across exactly how you are right people will take or leave you for for that and I always think that if you are not a certain way don't put your best foot forward put your everyday foot forward if that makes sense um but back to my earlier point of if somebody actually brings out something good in you, then try to incorporate that to your daily life. Um, if they bring out something bad in you or if you just find that their interactions with you make you unrecognizable to yourself, that's clearly a problem and that needs to be addressed. Because the most important thing is that at the at the end of the day, you want to leave a situation being proud of your conduct and your views and your opinions towards that person you don't want to 
inadvertently misrepresent yourself just because you come across differently to somebody um, just by way of they bring out something in you, something bad in you, basically. Um, You may not always succeed in that. You may not always... I suppose you may not always do well in presenting yourself properly, but the important thing is to learn from that experience. I think that every opportunity you get in which you haven't come across exactly how you want, it's an opportunity to take that and be like, okay, that was bad. <laughs> I didn't do that well. And so how can I change, take that on board and change in the future to make sure that I'm representing myself appropriately um to 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 people make sure that i'm bringing my full self to to people now back to my earlier point about my manager and him finding out by himself that i wasn't an extrovert i mean that i wasn't an introvert um i i found that the reason for that is that um you know a little a bit contrary to the article that said that you is probably unrealistic to bring your full self to work. I, I, whilst I wouldn't say I'm bringing my full self to work, I would say that I'm bringing more of myself to work now than I was before. And so, actually, my manager has gotten to is getting to know a, is getting a much more accurate picture of who I am than previous colleagues did, um, and that that actually has many implications one of which is a really great working relationship actually um <laughs> i think that is so it's so interesting because i was analyzing and i was like wow this is really the best working relationship i've had with a boss honestly the best and i and i realized that it's because i bring in again maybe not my full self to work <laughs> but certainly more of myself to work is more of myself is coming to work i think What's really helped me is that I work from home and so I'm in the com- I'm in my own space, I'm in the comfort of my own home and that allows me then the freedom to be myself more, which I think is a fantastic thing. And so actually when I was doing the when I was doing the audit, I realized that like I actually work is going better and I have a, a a better working relationship because more of myself is coming to the table and that made me want to be more determined more than ever to just make sure that you know in the future i am i am bringing if not a hundred percent of bank care most you know a large vast majority <laughs> of who i am to the table because um i know that i there are many qualities and skills that i have that make me successful at my role um and i think that it's just hopefully that does help you listening to always make sure to always check yourself like am i am i being the correct representation of myself in this conversation to this person at work you know am I bringing me to the table it's important to check that it because like I said a lot of these behaviors they're subconscious you oftentimes we don't mean to again I'm not referring to if you're pretending or faking stuff (laughs) but I just mean that like oftentimes we don't we don't mean to be doing any of this stuff but they're just they're instinctive they're kind of they're yeah they're subconscious we slip into we're slipping in and out of this of these personas right and so the important thing is to make sure that uh what I'm what I'm what I'm selling is the accurate product (laughs) essentially it's really who I am um so that's 
all I have for today. This brings us to the end of the episode. I'm really curious. So please do interact on social media. So follow on Instagram and Twitter at unadultpod. Um, You can tweet um, tweet at us, tweet at me. I would respond, of course, and I just would really love to hear what you have to say about the matter because I think it's really fascinating. Tell me if, if you have found yourself code switching at work or if you found yourself being different towards other people. So if you're one way to say your family, but another way to your friends, for example, let me know why you think that is. Um, and also if, if you think it's a good thing or, or bad thing. All right. So I love you for listening today. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. And until next time. Bye.